Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the Word. God bless you. Well, I know we've only got a few minutes because uh, uh, Wednesday nights we, we try to really, really honour time. So I want you to come with me in your Bibles. Um, at the moment, we're in a series because, you know, we usually have a surge of people getting saved around Easter and then Hero. And so we know there's a lot of new people. And then probably one of the other things that I've noticed is we kind of get attacked on all sides, which is a good thing. I actually, I actually like it, if I was honest with you. You know, I, I, I like it. I think God got me used to right from the early, early years, you know, suffering rejection. is like, I'm going to heal you but in the world, you're always going to be rejected. So Jesus was rejected by the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, the priests and the chief priests and Caiaphas and then handed over to be crucified by the Romans. So he, he, just, stopped. he just didn't bother. You know, Herod wants to, you know what, go tell that fox. So I just like Jesus. I'm like, he leads by example. So, uh, so I, I'm so looking forward to preaching this message tonight because I know there are so many new people that are going to hear things about Awakened Church. At Awakened Church, everybody's good looking, which is true. But hey, you'll partake in that. There's an anointing here. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. It, ju- it just happens. You're going to flourish. You're going to prosper. You're going to do well in life. You're going to find your purpose. You're going to get, give yourself permission. You're going to give yourself permission to, to prosper. So come with me in your Bibles. You know, if you're slightly even tweaked by that word prosper, prosperity. If you're even slightly tweaked, you're going to love this message. So math, uh, Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Just lean in because, you know, let's, let's, let's just let's pretend for a minute that I am what they say. I'm a... a, a, a False prosperity, Joel Osteen, blab it and grab it. All right, just let's, let's have a look. Let's see what the Bible says. Luke 10, 25, Luke 10, 25. The title of my message today is, Who is my neighbor? I just found out that, that Pastor Samuel preached a message on Sunday called, Who is my neighbor? And I'm just so glad the podcast come up on Tuesday so that when I didn't have a message, I could just watch Samuel's message. I had no idea, but how cool is that? So I'm going to call this, Who is My Neighbor? Part Two. Part One is brilliant. You probably don't even need Part Two after listening to Samuel's Part One, but let's throw it out there anyway. So, uh, all right, let's have a look. Uh, Luke 10, verse 25, reading from the New King James, same translation Jesus used, same one. Behold a certain lawyer. Behold a certain lawyer bringing in the big guns, stood up and tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, well, what is written in the law? You're a lawyer. What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He was British. (laughs) He's from the aristocracy, darling. Jesus, Jesus answered him and says, wow, you, you've actually answered rightly. You, you're actually a good lawyer. You've answered rightly. 
do this and you will live. But, but he wanting to justify himself. Man, you're never in a good spot when you're trying to justify yourself. They kept saying to Jesus, come down from the cross and we'll believe you. Like he wasn't there to come down. He wasn't there to save himself. He was there to save us. Pilate says to him, don't you hear these accusations? Sayest thou nothing? Jesus never once tried to justify himself. Let Jesus, let God be your justification. But this guy wants to justify himself. So he asked this question, but him wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And who is my neighbor? So Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, they're like, you know, so right now Jesus is telling this to a Jewish audience and they, they did not like the Samaritans. The Samaritans were, were the, the guys that when they were in Babylonian captivity, married Babylonians and then produced the Samaritan race uh, because they, 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 they felt by, by marrying the Babylonians, they would be treated kindly and they were while the, the sons and daughters of Judah were, were persecuted and treated as slaves. So they kind of felt like, man, you guys ditched us. And so th there was a lot of, there's a lot of animosity towards the, the Samaritans. So right now when Jesus says now a certain, you know, a Levite and a priest goes by and they cross over the other side and then a Samaritan. And so everyone's like, oh yeah, what's he gonna do? He probably kicked him when he was down or he stomped on his fingers, you know. And, but Jesus doesn't do that. He says a certain Samaritan as he journeyed, he came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. Everyone say compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he sent him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day when he departed, he took out two denarii. One denarii is, is about six weeks wages. So it's about three months wages. And he gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, <clears throat> excuse me. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay you, put it on my account. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said, I guess he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. For time's sake, I'm gonna give you the, the, the ending and then work backwards. So the, the question was, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? That was the question. The lawyer says, you know, how you get into heaven is you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, go and do that and you'll live. He said, well, hang on, whoa, 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 who is my neighbor? Like, let, let me know, like the jurisdiction. Let, like how, 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 like, is it like they, they share a property line with me? They live in the same cul-de-sac? Like, surely I'm not, surely you're not talking about Barry Jackwagon who lives, like, he's, he's two streets over. Guy's a peanut, have you seen him? Like, you know, so he's trying to figure, he's trying to figure out He's trying to figure out who, who, who is my neighbour? Where, where do I draw the line and say, yeah, you're outside the line. I'm no longer, I no longer have to care. I no longer have to love you because you're outside the line. And I'm not sure if you notice what Jesus did there, but Jesus said, which one of these was neighbour? 
He's asking, who is my neighbor? And she's like, oh, dude, look in the freaking mirror. You're the neighbor needing love, needing compassion from the community. You need to be the change you're looking for. This is one of the most powerful messages. And I love most people just say, hey, you know, we ought to love our neighbor. As, but, but, but you are the neighbor. You are the neighbor. And if, if you're hurt, if you're down, if you're broken, if you're beaten up, if you've been robbed, if you've had a bad day, if you've lost your job, if you've been fired, if you, 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 you and your wife are arguing or you and your spouse or the kids are acting up or whatever, you need somebody on that day to, to love you. And it's not gonna come to you unless you're transmitting that, unless you're sowing that. So Jesus says, man, you're looking for who's my neighbor. Dude, you're the neighbor in need of love, grace and compassion. Jesus saying to him, be the change that you want to see in the world. Somebody say amen. So that's the end. That's the end. Just in case I didn't get there. All right, let me give you three quick thoughts. Let me give you three quick thoughts from this. Number one, number one, I love this. (laughs) Number one, make more than you need. I knew, I knew it. He was going to He's going to get straight to that prosperity doctrine. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's just have a look. Let's just have a look at the story. Because Jesus is saying that the Levite, now just so you understand, that the priest and the Levite crossed the street because the man was bleeding. If they would have touched the bleeding man, both the Levite and the priest, so the priest would have been ceremonially unclean. He would not have been able to perform his priestly duties and he would have to go and bathe and wash and fast and go through a ritual in order to be cleansed again. And he looked at the guy bleeding. He thought, I don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want to bother with all of that stuff. So you know what? I'm just going to pretend I didn't see it and cross over. The Levite people were the people, all the cities of refuge where if, if somebody committed manslaughter, they had this, they, they were meant to be God's compassion arm in, in Israel. And when the Levite saw him says, yeah, he's not worth me going through all. He's not. And so he crossed over as well. So then when a Samaritan comes, the Samaritan sees him, has compassion on him, pours oil and wine on him, puts him on his own animal, which is like puts him in his car, gets all his leather upholstery bloodied, takes him to the inn because they didn't have hospitals then. We, we have hospitals today because of Christians because the word hospital is where we get the word hospitality. And hospital or hospitality means the love of or the care of strangers. Up until this time, it was family that was responsible for, for you in, in a, a medical situation. But this guy takes a complete stranger to a hotel. And then at that hotel pays for all of his medical needs gives three months wages, looks at the guy and says, it should cover, but in case you've got to set a leg, in case his ribs are broken, in case with all the bleeding, he needs a blood transfusion, in case you've got to do an operation, I don't know everything that's, that's wrong here, but if there's anything else, put it on my account and I'll look after it. Can I just tell you, most Christians can't afford to be a Christian. Jesus said, This is what a Christian looks like. He said, this, this guy, 
That's the Christian. If you want to spot the Christian, it's not the priest with all his religious garb. It's not the Levite who was born. It's the guy who acted it. This guy, but most Christians are too poor to be a Christian because they've sat under incorrect teaching. Well, I think you've got incorrect teaching. Well, great. Well, let's have a look what the Bible says in darling. Why don't we do that, baby? So I honestly believe that from the book of Genesis, Genesis 1, God blessed them, said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, exercise dominion. God did not give the earth or its resources to the wicked. I'm done with Soros and super PACs run by corrupt, evil globalists buying... You cannot tell me that AOC, her, her seat is bought and paid for by Soros. You cannot tell me. And so meanwhile, the church is so poor, we can't do anything. We can't support righteous candidates. We can't support godly candidates. So the wicked keep taking territory. And we bought a lie from the devil that we're meant to be poor. That God put all the gold, He put all the silver, He put all the oil, He put all the jewels, put all the resources, put everything in the earth. Not for us. It's not for us. It's, it's for, for the wicked. So let, let, me, let me give you a couple of quick thoughts. 3 John verse 2, 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. You know, let me just tell you, John, who wrote the Bible, who was, you know, beloved with Jesus, wasn't a prosperity doctrine guy. He was preaching Bible. But let's have a look. So the first, the first encounter with Jesus with the disciples is in, in Luke 5. Uh, the Bible says Jesus sees two boats. There's a big crowd at the shore. He realizes he's going to get crushed. It's going to be awkward. So, so he says to Simon, he says, Simon, I'm going to get into your boat. I want you to row out a little bit and I'm, I'm going to preach. So everyone will stand on the shore and I'm going to preach. And, and so, so next minute, next minute, Simon doesn't, he's like they've fished all night, caught nothing. And then Simon is rowing out and his friend's like, what, what are you, where are you going? He's like, I, 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 man, I was tired. I, I didn't, I couldn't say, there was something, couldn't, anyway. And so he's sitting there. And so Jesus preaches. We don't even know what he said. Jesus preaches. But at the end of Jesus' sermon, he turns to Simon. He says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So Simon says to him, Lord, we fished all night. We toiled all night and we caught nothing. Our net's empty. He says, nevertheless, nevertheless, at thy word, I will. This is really powerful because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I want you to understand this is the first encounter of the disciples with Jesus. And I want you to know that your current circumstances may be Peter. You may have toiled all night. You may have worked on a deal for months and nothing, nothing, nothing. When you walk into this house, I, 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 I'm not beholden to, to any theological doctrine that is passed down to me that, that kind of chains and shackles me. I, I preach what I believe that the, the Word of the Lord is because I have a higher, I have a higher authority that I need to speak 
to, to be accountable to, and that's Jesus Christ Himself. So I want to make sure every Sunday when I get and every Wednesday when I get what you hear is a word from heaven, because I know there are people that have toiled all night and caught nothing, and they need to launch out into the deep when everything doesn't make sense, because there's something that God's got for you in the deep end. There's something God's got for you when you launch out. So the Bible says, the Bible says that Peter launched out, Jesus says, let down your nets, plural for a catch. But Simon Peter, he, 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 he's not there yet. He doesn't have nets faith. He just has net faith. He's not there yet. So, so the Bible says, so he, he says, nevertheless, at, at your word, I'll let down the net. Come on, nets, are you seriously? I just, I, we just washed them. We had to get all the salt water out of them because you know they, they, they disintegrate, they, they break down. So we just wash them and I'll, I'll throw one, I'll throw one, they throw, he throws one net in. The Bible says there were so many fish that the net began to break. They had to signal to their partners in the other boat. The Bible says when the other boat came in, they began to fill both the boats with the fish. And it does not say this. The Bible does not say this. And when they pulled the last fish out of the net and placed it in the boat, both, boat, both boats completely adhered to the fish buoyancy ratio. It was in no way violated. That's not what it says. It says they filled both the boats till they began to sink with a net one net that was breaking with fish hemorrhaging out of it. They filled two boats so that they began to sink. And Peter falls on his knees and says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus said, do not be afraid from now and you'll catch men. Let me just tell you, most Christians have the mindset or the mentality that God is a just enough God. There was so much fish that it didn't just fill Peter's boat. It filled Peter's boat. It filled John and James's boat. It didn't just fill the boat. It filled it so that both boats began to sink from a net that was breaking. Ephesians 3.20 says that our God does exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power at work in us. So I need you to understand that the, 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 the God of just enough is not in the Bible. He is El Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient one. He needs nothing. He creates everything. Jesus says, anyway, let's keep going. So... <clears throat> There's one miracle... Pastor Jesse, there's one miracle that's, that's, that Jesus did, only one that Jesus did, that's in Matthew, it's in Mark, it's in Luke, and it's in John. So Matthew's writing, Mark's obviously copying. <laughs> hey, Jesus, he's copying again. You know, Mark. So, you know, if you look, they're very similar. Luke, who's a doctor, you know, he, he's like, I'm putting it in as well. And then they look over and there's, there's John, he's writing it. And they're like, what, what, what are you doing? He's like, well, you know, putting in my, we don't need it in yours. All three of us, go write something else. Like, he's like, no, no, I'm writing it. No, no, you don't, we've got it. Matthew, you writing a, yeah, you got my, Matthew, my, I'm writing it. Write something different. He's like, no, put, no, we don't need all four. No, all four. Do you know what miracle it is? Which miracle is it? Feeding the 5,000. Feeding the, why, 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 why would that miracle? Of all the miracles, not raising Lazarus from the dead, not walking on water, not opening the eyes of the blind. Why would the miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 men plus women and children, they didn't count in those days, 
So maybe 20,000 people, 20,000 people with five. Why, why, why would that story, Matthew says it's got to be in there. Mark says it's got to be in there. Luke says it's got to be in there. John says, why, why that one? Because that one is the greatest snapshot of you and I in this life. It's the greatest picture. It, 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 is, it is the greatest analogy of you and I in this life. Let me explain how. Jesus, the disciples come to him and said, Jesus, great preaching, great preaching, little long, little long. They've been with you for a couple of days. Probably could have said it in an hour, but you know, anyway, knock yourself out. They said, listen, send, send the crowds away. Send them away, uh, lest, lest they faint on the way. Great preaching, great preaching, by the way, Jesus. But, you know, we've got to think of their welfare. And so Jesus just goes, oh, you give them something to eat. And they're like, what? Hang on, what? Oh, not even a year's wages. And he says, well, what have you got? And they go, oh, there's a little, little laddie who's got five loaves and two fish, but no one else came prepared. He said, that's all I need. Bring it to me. So he gets the five loaves and the two fish. And they're like, what are you doing with that? He says, sit him down in groups of 50. They're like, oh my gosh, he's been in the sun too long. <laughs> Quick, check his water. Someone's put vodka in there. <laughs> five loaves and two fish. The Bible says, looking up to heaven. Now watch this. In front of Jesus is 5,000 men plus the women plus the children. Watch this. So the vision before Him is greater than the resources with Him. When you first get married, God will give you a vision of one day you're gonna own your own home in San Diego. But when you sit with a broker, when you sit with the bank, they're gonna say the, the resources with you, the lack of funds, the lack of deposit, you don't have 20% to put down, that the resources with you are insufficient to meet the vision in front of you. When you wanna start a business, when you wanna start a company, when you, when you move to San Diego and you wanna start a church and they tell you just give up on buying buying buildings because San Diego, you know, they don't give away 501c3s. The, the city doesn't like to lose its taxation dollars. Not only that, it's so expensive. It's one of the top five expensive. And so they began to, t- and you, you arrived here with nothing, just you, your wife and three suitcases. Uh, and you put $100,000 on your own mortgage to buy sound equipment. Well, just, you know, I hope you just get you like a str- So So the vision in front of me was greater than the resources with me. But Jesus models in all four, He doesn't look out at the problem. He doesn't look down at the lack. He looks up. The Bible says, I'm looking up. Can I tell you in this house, you're gonna hear word after word every Sunday and every Wednesday that's gonna cause you to look up. David said, I will look up to the hills from where comes my salvation. It comes from the Lord. Look up. The Bible says, I'm looking up to heaven He blessed, sorry, He gave thanks. He gave thanks. You would say, why why are you giving thanks? Where's your God? You got 5,000 people, you got five loaves and two little fish. He gave thanks. Can I tell you, if you want your world to increase, be thankful. Let me show you why. Psalm 100 verse four, says that we enter His gates, we enter His gates with, we enter His gates with thanksgiving. So God lives in a gated community. 
It says we enter His gates. A lot of people stuck outside. What's the access code? I'm whining out. I'm crying, God, over here. Doesn't open the gates. Thanksgiving, gates open. Now, let me tell you, once, once you get into the gates of God, you're, in, you're, in, you're, you're, you're on foreign soil. You're not on terra firma anymore. You're, you're, you're in a celestial dimension. You, 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 just cro- you just crossed into the All Things Are Possible network. Come with me and you'll see a world of pure imagination. It's better than that. You don't have little Augustus Gloob. Save some move for later, falling in. Oh, help him, help him, sorry. You don't have any of that. Thanksgiving puts you into all things. You, you always thank God, always thank God. Jesus thanked God, blessed, and then He broke it. Gave it to the disciples. And the Bible says everybody ate and was satisfied. Everybody ate and was satisfied. And then, I mean, the disciples are freaking. They're like, people keep coming. And you got people coming. You know what it's like at a buffet. No one takes just enough. <laughs> oh, I, I need two plates. Oh, you need two plates? We one for my friend. Oh, what's your friend's name? What? What's your friend's name? <laughs> Ke- Ke- um, Kev, Kev, uh, Kev, Ke- Stephen? You know, it's like... <laughs> He doesn't know, you know, you've been to a buffet. People are grabbing stuff. So the Bible says, and when when everybody had eaten, I mean, that's already a miracle. When everybody had eaten and were satisfied, Jesus said to the disciples, now go collect the basketfuls of leftovers. They're like leftovers. Leftovers, are you kidding me? You had five loaves, two fish. You made us sit them down in groups of 50. There were 5,000 men plus the women and the children. People were coming up getting two plates. It should, he's like, hang on, whoa, 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 guys, guys. He goes, can five loaves and two fish really feed all of those people? They're like, no, no, no. Physically, Thomas, tell him, yeah, the law of physics, he's not, he's right, right. So that means Papa was involved, right? He says, now let me show you, let me show you something. I want you to go and I want you to collect basketfuls of leftovers. The Bible says they went out and Pastor Alicia, do you know how many basketfuls they collected? They collected 12 basketfuls of leftovers. How many disciples was there, Pastor Pam? 12, 12 basketfuls collected by 12 disciples. Now, if you read the story, which we encourage, the next town is a seven mile walk away. The next town is a seven mile walk away. They, each disciple had to carry a basket of leftovers for seven miles. Jesus, can we take a break? It's heavy. It's, I think I've got more in mind than Peter. And their minds were getting wrecked because you can't fill one basket with five loaves and two fish. You throw five loaves and two fish in one basket, it's, it's maybe at the best three quarters full. 20,000 people have eaten and each disciple has a basket 
filled to the brim with bread and fish, talking to them for the next seven miles going, explain this. You can't explain why I'm here, can you? I'm heavy, aren't I? This is messing your head, isn't it? It's good for you. How did God do this? No, you're not drunk. It's not even sunstroke. Because Jesus had to show them. The God that you and I serve, you know, oh, I'm just believing for rent. Oh, I'm just believing that, you know, I can make me, make me car payment this month. You know, I'm just believing for just enough. I had people say to me, oh, you know what? You know, you, you guys are awakened. You guys, are, you know, you, you, you believe in prosperity. You know, do you know there are people starving in third world nations and you're driving a new car? Can I tell you, I drove an old car and people are still starving. This is gonna sound crazy. It's gonna sound crazy. I'm just kind of putting it out there. Their starvation in a third world may have nothing to do with my car. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Because anyway, and so, so this guy said, you should, you should only have just enough. I said, just enough for who? For yourself. I said, you and little Lucy will agree on that one. Have just enough for yourself? I said to him, how wicked. How, are you serious? Said, you live in one of the most prosperous nations and all you want to do, you wicked, lazy servant, is you want to make just enough for you, just enough for your needs. You don't even qualify, son. Jesus said, go and be like the good Samaritan. He took his resources. He paid for somebody else's medical bills. He paid for somebody else's hotel. He paid for somebody else's recovery. Most Christians kind of, the God that you and I serve, His signature is exceedingly, abundantly above. You're not meant to make just enough to you. You're meant to be blessed to be a blessing. Somebody say amen. Oh man, I got, I got three others, but I can't give them to you. Just, just, what, just what was the first miracle, Pastor Mike? First miracle Jesus did, water into wine. I love it. First miracle, it's His introduction. You can imagine the angels, the angels are all, you know, they're all having bets, casting lots, excuse me, casting lots. They're not betting, they're, they're casting lots. You know, what do you think his first miracle is gonna be? Oh, I reckon he's gonna heal a leper. Because, you know, leprosy is like sin and he, that's what he came to. I reckon he's gonna open the eyes of the blind, like people, you know, without vision. You know, you know it's, it's, it's going on. And they're watching and Jesus, what's his mum doing? What was his mum up to? And she's like, son, They've run out of wine. And even Jesus is like, woman. Now you don't blame him. He's sitting with the 12. Like he's just, it's all new. He's trying to, you know. Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? And she's like, what did you just call me? Mom, I'm with, I'm with the guys. I'm with the guys. I've been living at home, I'm 30, mum, I'm trying to. She's like, oh, oh, did you, oh, you, you just called me woman? Did you just write whatever it tells you to do, do it. And he's like, my time is not getting, oh, your, your time just arrived, sunshine, call me woman. So, so the Bible says, the Bible says there were six washpots. It's bad, isn't it? <laughs> there were, <laughs> there was, this is true. I don't know what you're allowed. It's true. It's in the Bible. There are six washpots. And the washpots carry 30 to 40 gallons apiece. 
And Jesus fill them to the brim and then take some out and give it to the master of the feast. When they bring it to the sommelier, I mean, can you imagine you scoop water from a wash pot and you got to, you're, you're the guy. And everyone's, he, got, he got the short straw <laughs> and, and, he's, and he gives it to the master of the feast and he's like, what's this? I mean, I don't know how to taste what. How do you taste what? I'm just following Samuel. This is what Samuel does. He said, that's a great bouquet. Because it sounds like a 213 cat. So every time, I'm really naughty. I'm so sorry. So sorry. So the master says, my God, he says, normally in reading is dying. Normally at weddings, people bring out the good wine at the beginning. And once everyone's drunk some, and they bring out the inferior wine. But not you, darling. You save the very best for last. Now, let's do, let's do six times, let's say 35. So it's, we don't know whether it's 30 or 40. So 640 is 240, 630 is 180, so it's 210. You've got 210 gallons of not just wine, but the best wine, the finest wine the sommelier has tasted. That's 1,200 bottles. 1,200 bottles. Like, let me, let me just so that people are clear, Jesus, we're not saying, Jesus, we're not saying this, right, lock the doors, everyone's getting, no one's leaving it, you're all sloshed. That's not what he's saying. He wasn't thinking about that night, okay. This was a young couple who were just starting out, Jesus didn't just save the night. They left, they left with enough money to buy a condo or at least put a down payment on a house. A, a really good bottle of wine, a cheap good bottle of wine runs at about 200, 250. I've seen wine 1,000, 2,000. So let's say, let's say it's in the mid-range, let's say 400. There's 1,200 bottles. That's $480,000 worth of wine. They, don't, they didn't need that. I know they didn't, but Jesus still does it, doesn't He? You're arguing, you're arguing with me, you're arguing with the Bible. Stop it. <laughs> the God that you serve does exceedingly abundantly above. Can I tell you, in the Bible, He reveals Himself as El Shaddai, not El Cheapo. He is El Shaddai, He is not El Bouger, El Budget. I told you, get sound, I didn't even get to point two. I'll have to preach the other two points another time. I got carried away. I was channeling something British tonight. I don't know what was going on there. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet? We are out of time. I want to be invited back. And Pastor McKay was very stern, very stern. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. You know, one of the first things that happened to me when I got saved was people said, oh, you know, you got to be careful of church. They'll brainwash you. And I was like, oh, thank God. I'm gonna get there twice on Sunday and if they have any other service I'm getting it because my brain was so in need of washing. Do you know the word repent? 
How many people have heard the word repent? A lot of people think the word repent means to kind of, you know, like fall on your knees and, and cry and, you know, and that's, that might be part of repent, but the actual word repent used in the Bible is a Greek word metanoia, metanoia. Meta is where we get the word metamorphosis, which means to change. And noia is knowledge or thinking. So repentance is when you come into the house of God and you hear something that messes with your thinking. Repentance is I'm gonna change my thinking. And listen, the way to change your thinking is always align it with the thoughts of God. Always align your thinking to line up with the Word of God. If you line your thinking up with the Word of God, it'll produce life. Jeremiah 29, 11, which most of us know, most of us quote Jeremiah 29, 11. God says this, I know the thoughts. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I want you to notice the Bible doesn't say God sits in heaven thinking thoughts about you. He doesn't limit His thoughts to just pontificating about you. The Bible says, I know God's speaking. He says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Right now in this room, even though we can't see it, if you brought in a transistor radio, there would be AM waves, there would be FM waves. Like you could, you know, turn it on and then turn it. I mean, you could, you could, it's, you can't see it, but it's here. In the same way, I want you to understand that God and His All Things Are Possible network is broadcasting towards you seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. God is broadcasting. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. The problem is that the devil is so got into, is so crept into our church that when, when a thought comes that God's got a great future for you, your marriage is going to make it, you don't need to divorce. You're, you're going you're gonna to prosper. One day you're going to write a million dollar check. You're going to own a home. When those thoughts come, we, we dismiss them. We deflect them saying, oh, you know, this, this will never happen. This will never happen to you. Get thee behind me, Satan. The house of God is a place to exchange your thoughts for His thoughts. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The, the key to walking in God's ways is thinking His thoughts after Him. That's why the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't be conformed to the limited, stinking, thinking, whining, complaining. No, no, we don't Climate change is the next thing. Don't, 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 don't be conformed to the, let, let, let the world have their own misery, but rather be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good? What is that acceptable? What is that perfect will of God? Change your thoughts, change your thoughts, metanoia. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Who, who needed that word tonight? Who needed that word tonight? Say these words out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I'm changing my language. I'm going to be somebody that begins my day and ends my day with thanksgiving because thanksgiving brings me into your community. I want to be in your community, in the All Things Are Possible Network. 
By thanksgiving, I enter your gates. By praise, I enter your courts. If you wanna go another level, if you wanna go another level, seriously, go from thanksgiving to praise. If you need justice, if you need breakthrough, when you go to, when you go to praise, all of a sudden you enter His courts. All, all of a sudden, benches and a, a gavel comes down, courtroom, rise, while the ju- and God turns up, who, who summoned me? Who, or Jesse Sullivan did. He's down there praising. He's down there giving glory. To, oh, is he something good happened? No, actually, he's uh, devil's kicking him and the enemy is attacking every area, but he's standing in faith praising you because he knows you're good. He knows that you're almighty God. He knows you're, what does he need? He needs some walls to come down. Well, I did it with Jericho. I need some chains and shackles. Well, I did that with Paul and Silas. Praise, don't, don't, don't stop it. I mean, at least start there at Thanksgiving, but go all the way into praise. Praise releases the courts. The courts of, when the courts of heaven have decided, the courts of earth can't do anything. Father, I thank You for breakthrough. Father, I thank You for deliverance tonight. Father, I break every lie, every lie of the enemy, every false doctrine and false teaching that has said that, that somehow having things. Now listen. God has no problem with you having things, but He has a problem with things having you. That's why every week we teach on giving. Giving is the antidote to greed. Greedy people don't give and giving people don't greed. If you don't believe me, have a look at how much money Bernie Sanders gives away. Have a look at how much money Joe Biden gives away. Zippity. They're, all, they're like Judas. They're experts at what, pe- what, people, what they can be doing with other people's money. Beware of Judas. This should have been sold and given to the poor. I don't remember you giving to the poor, Judas. Be careful of people that want to take your money and do something with it. Ask them, little Mr. Mussolini, show me your checkbook. How much, how much money are you writing to the poor? Oh, oh, you want our money? Oh, I'm so benevolent. I take other people's money and give to the poor. Look at me. God in heaven is like, you're a nitwit. You are blessed to be a blessing. It goes all the way back to Genesis 12. Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus hung on a cross and became a curse to redeem us from under the curse. Galatians 3.13, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. What is the blessing of Abraham? That you are blessed to be a blessing. Do you know, we have so many people that have been able to go to youth camp or go to Emerge or so many people bought tickets for loved ones, friends, neighbors, baristas that were able to come to Hero and hear, see a gospel presentation and get saved. We're able to look after five orphanages in Mexico, eight villages in Peru. We're able to help. Like last week, I got a phone call saying, hey, we've got all these Ukrainian refugees and they're stuck at the border and they're living in squalor with no no men around them and and some of them are fearing for their lives. And and we were able to send our team down there and we were able to to partner with some other companies and and other places and and, and rescue these people. You can only do that when you understand that, that God has blessed us to be a blessing that never make just enough for you. Make more than what you need. Come on, if you receive that, give God a great praise. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages information about upcoming events and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. 
Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.